Greetings, body of Messiah. Mark Pulley here with Yahweh Yeshua Assembly in Fort Myers, Florida, bringing you another teaching concerning Yah's laws and commandments. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I pray your day is going good as you are observing the Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath as separated as possible and resting in Him, enjoying Him. And so I want to just share with you, I'm planning this to be a quick word, but my wife just said to me that I don't do quick words. <clears throat> but what I want to talk about is Yahweh's name. And some of the things the scripture says about Yahweh's name. So let's start in Malachi chapter 1. It is my personal belief that there is no name above the name of Yahweh. There is no greater name to bring salvation. There's no greater name to bring healing. There's no greater name for deliverance. I totally believe that Yahweh is the name that is above every name. That is what the scriptures reveal. I know when we were in Christianity, we used to think that Jesus, quote unquote, was the name above every name, but that is not accurate. In the Hebrew, it says that at the name of Yahshua, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Yahshua is Yahweh. And then if you go to the book of Isaiah, the scripture says that, here, let's just go there. We're kind of side, side journey, sidebar, if you would. Go to um, Isaiah 45. I believe it's Isaiah 45. Um, You know, here's about the name of Yahweh. In verse 5, it says, I am Yahweh, and there is none else. There is no Elohim beside me. So that eliminates the plurality of deities. There is no, I am Yahweh, there is no none else. There is no Elohim besides me. Then it says that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the West, that there is none besides me, I am Yahweh. I am Yahweh. Uh, I'm trying to find that one script. Yep, here it is. Isaiah 45, verse 23 says, I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. And here's the word, quote, from Yahweh. That unto me, unto whom? Unto me, Yahweh, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear or confess. And that is what the Apostle Paul in Philippians 2 was quoting. So, in my view, in my opinion, there is no name greater 
than the name of Yahweh. So, let's go back to Malachi 1, and let's just go over some scriptures concerning his name. The first thing that you and I need to research is how many times in the Hebrew Bible it says, I am Yahweh. I am Yahweh. Now we know that approximately 7,000 times the name of Yahweh was in the original scriptures and Constantine removed it and he inserted L-O-R-D and G-O-D in place of it. L-O-R-D is the Hebrew translation of Baal. So when he put in there, I am Lord, he's trying to convince you that Baal is Lord and trying to get you to say that Baal is Lord. And so, you know, I remember some years ago we went to a church in Albuquerque and at the end of the church they would have us make a confession that J-E-S-U-S -S is Lord of Albuquerque. And you think you're being spiritual, you think you're being anointed, but what you were really saying or what we were saying as a group is that Baal is over Albuquerque. And no wonder all these cities have not been able to change and Albuquerque is still a place of darkness. And now if you want to say Yahweh is master or Elohim over Albuquerque or Florida or wherever you live, that's biblical. But, but the way we were saying it, we were deceived into thinking that L-O-R-D was the name of the Most High. And it's not. It's a title. And it's not even an accurate title. So it says here in Malachi 1.11, from the nations where the sun rises to the nations where the sun sets, my name will be great. Now Yahweh only has one name. Some people think it's Jehovah. Some people think it's Yahuwah. Some people think it's other names, Muhammad, so on and so forth. But he only has one name. And according to the original Hebrew, the Aramaic Hebrew, it's Yahweh. Or if you want to pronounce it properly, it's Yahweh. Yahweh. Y-H-W-H. Me, it's just easier for me to say Yahweh. So it says here that from the nations, <clears throat> that's every pagan nation, where the sun rises to the nations where the sun sets, my name will be great. My name will be great. My name will be great. Okay? Let's go to Joel chapter 2 and verse 32. And see, another thing when we understand that almost every quote or scripture in the New Testament or the Renewed Covenant is taken from the old or from the original covenant of Torah, you then will get an understanding of the second part of the book. 
It's not establishing something brand new. It's reiterating something that already was, and that is Torah. In Joel chapter 2, verse 32, it says, Then whoever calls on the name of Yahweh will be saved. Those who escape will be on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. Among the survivors will be those whom Yahweh calls as Yahweh promised. Now we know Peter quoted this in the book of Acts, but the English translation Bibles says all those who call upon the name of the Lord. Now who translated all the English translation Bibles? Constantine, Catholicism, and Christianity who are involved in paganism. When you read it in the Hebrew, it says the same thing. All those who call upon the name of Yahweh will be saved, will be healed, and will be delivered. Now it's referring to the end times. So all those that call upon the name of Yahweh will be delivered when the judgments are pronounced upon the earth. And they're pronounced upon the earth because of man's lawlessness, because of man's abominations, because of man's doing things that are contrary to Yah's laws and commandments, and to man's rebellion. And so, if you are Torah observant, if you are obeying Yahweh's laws and commandments, they will have no evil effect on you because he will give his angels charge over you that no evil will come near you, nor any plague come near your dwelling. All right, let's just look at another one. Joel chapter 2 verse 27. It says, and you will know that I am in Israel. I am Yahweh. See, that's another one of those. I am Yahweh, your Elohim. There is no other. Now, let's just look real quickly to Leviticus. And we studied this. In the previous teachings concerning Yahweh's abominations, the things that Yahweh says are an abomination, and the things that Yahweh said are abomination are still abominations. And we also said in that teaching that we need to understand that Yeshua came to do the will of the Father, not his own will. And that Yahshua on the stake never established anything that would violate Yahweh's laws and commandments. He never did away with any part of Yahweh's laws and commandments so that you could continue in your abomination lifestyle of lawlessness and sin, like sexual sin, idolatry, witchcraft, so on and so forth. Everything that Yahweh, Yahshua nailed to the stake, he did so that we could be delivered 
from that lifestyle, not so that we could live in that lifestyle and think we will have no consequences. Yahshua set us free from lawlessness and sin, not to become more lawless and to continue in sin or to continue breaking his laws and commandments. We need to see that. We need to get that because Christianity, man-made traditions, Catholicism tries to convince us that because Yah is love, he will just accept you the way you are and you can continue in your lifestyle of abomination and still be part of the Messiah's kingdom. I mean, when you read that, Paul never said that. Yahshua never said that. Peter never said that. That's just man's justification for their lifestyle of abominations. But here in Leviticus, I want to show you the scriptures where Yahweh said, I am Yahweh, your Elohim. No other name there. He didn't say, I am J-E-S-U-S. He did not say, I am God. He did not say, I am L-O-R-D. He did not say, I am Jehovah. He did not say, I am Yahuwah. He did not say any other names that many people believe are even connected to Hebraic names. He's in the original Aramaic Hebrew, he uses only one name, Yahweh. So he says in verse 4, well, verse 2, the first one, he says, I am Yahweh, your Elohim. Verse 4, I am Yahweh, your Elohim. Verse 5, and talking about obeying his judgments and, and ordinances and to walk in them. He says, I am Yahweh, your Elohim. And the scripture also says that we are to walk as Yahshua walked. Where do you think they got that from? Torah. Again in verse 6, at the end, he says, I am Yahweh. And you get the picture, you can <clears throat> just go all the way down and keep reading it in numerous times. It says, Yahweh says, I am Yahweh. Now we know in Exodus 3, when Yahweh was introducing himself to Moses, he said, I am Yahweh, that is my name forever. He did not change it when, quote-unquote, the New Testament came about. His name is still Yahweh. His name is still great. His name, He is the Savior. He is the fortress. He is the Redeemer. What does Psalm 91 says? He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and He will say that Yahweh is his fortress, that Yahweh is his rock, his salvation. Yahweh is his name. Now, back to 
Joel chapter 2, verse 27, says, You'll know that I am Israel. I am Yahweh, your Elohim, or your Mighty One, or the Most High. My people, Yahweh's people, will never be ashamed again. Then in verse 26, he says, You'll have plenty to eat. You will be full. Then it says, you will praise the name of Yahweh. So he didn't say you'll praise the name of L-O-R-D. He said you'll praise Yahweh's name. If you don't know Yahweh's name, how are you going to praise him? How are you going to praise his name if you are, if you, if you're, if you're in Christianity, in Catholicism, or any other, other false religion, and you're using, hey, I praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. We say that in Christianity. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What you're really saying is praise Baal, praise Baal, praise Baal. He said we are to praise his name. We are to praise his name. Not a title, and a title which is false. Now, you want to say praise the Father or praise Abba, that's, that's, that's okay. But he said we're to praise his name. So when he says we're to praise his name, he means his name. All right, let's go to another one. Psalm 124 and verse 8. Psalm 124 and verse 8. It says, our help is in the name of Yahweh. Doesn't say... In the Hebrew, original Hebrew, doesn't say our help is in the name of L-O-R-D or in the name of Baal or in the name of Jehovah. He says, our help is in the name of Yahweh, the maker of heaven and earth. The maker of heaven and earth. All right? So it says our help is in the name of Yahweh. That reminds me of Joel 2. That, you know, you need to call upon the name of Yahweh. Now, if you go to, um, turn to, we'll come back in a minute, but turn to Psalm 91. And this will be very familiar. Psalm 91, I believe it's verse 14. Yep, it says verse 14. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him, I will set him on high. Why? Because he has known my name. Because he has known my name. He says that he will set us on high because we have known his name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. Him who? Him who knows his name. Yahweh. I will deliver him in trouble. Him who? Him who knows the name Yahweh. I will deliver him and honor him 
With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. That is a promise to those who know his name, who use his name, who speak his name, who worship his name, who call upon his name, you're going to be delivered. You're going to be healed. All right, here's another one. Psalm 102, verses 21 through 22. So it's all about his name, Yahweh. It's all about his name. You know, when I was still in Christianity, and we started to embrace Torah, and we saw a couple things. One of them was that how the English translation changed his name from Yahweh to L-O-R-D, and as we began to research it, and began to research all the other things that they changed in the scriptures to line up with their pagan deity mentality and belief structure, then that just it just settled it. When I saw it in the scriptures, it says to have no other gods before me. Or when we saw to keep the Sabbath, the biblical Sabbath, not the first day of the week, the seventh day of the week. That we are to keep it. That settled it. And so if you're on the fence about how important it is to speak his name, to know his name, to be converted to his name, to worship his name, to praise his name. And if you are a word person, a person that has said, I live according to the scriptures, then you're going to stop using every name that is not the name of Yahweh. You're going to stop using false names. You're going to stop using man-made names. And you're going to use the name of Yahweh, Yahshua. In Psalm 102, 21-22, it says, Yahweh's name is announced or spoken or proclaimed in Zion. So how can you proclaim his name if you don't know his name? You can't proclaim his title. It doesn't say proclaim his title. It doesn't say announce a title. It says announce the name. And then it says, and his praise in Jerusalem, when nations and kingdoms gather to worship Yahweh. So we're to praise His name, and we're to worship Yahweh, not L-O-R-D. You know, one of the things that truly bothers me, how many people that say they're Messianic, or they say they're Torah observant, they still use names that are not, that's not the Father's name, not the Son's name, not the Messiah's name. They haven't gotten it yet. They have a mixture. I don't get it. When it says that my name is Yahweh, I am Yahweh, thy Elohim, thy mighty one, then that's his name. And when it says it's going to be, his name will be from generation to generation forever, his name is that forever. Okay, look in Psalm 20, verse 1, verse 4, and verse 7. 
Psalm 20, verse 1, verse 4, and verse 7. Yahweh will answer you in times of trouble. Who will? Yahweh. The name of the Elohim of Jacob will protect you. The what? The name Yahweh of the Elohim of Jacob will protect you. He will give you your heart's desire and carry out all your plans. Some rely on chariots or some trust in chariots. But we will trust in the name of Yahweh, our Elohim. We will trust in the name of Yahweh, our Elohim. We will trust that that's his name. We will trust that his name will do for us what his name, what the scriptures say his name will do. Will save us, will heal us, will deliver us, will protect us will give us long life, will honor us, will lift us up high above all the nations of the earth, so on and so forth. Now, <clears throat> look in 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 4, concerning Solomon, he says, Look, I am building a house for the name of Yahweh, my Elohim, to dedicate to him. He said that he's going to build a house for the name of Yahweh. Then it says, um, well, we'll just keep reading. To dedicate to him, to offer sweet spices of incense before him and for the regular rows of bread, burnt offerings, mornings, evenings, Sabbaths, new moon festivals, and for appointed feasts of Yahweh, our Elohim, which are everlasting forever. Referring to Yahweh's feasts, to the Sabbaths, to the uh, morning and evening Sabbaths, to the moon festivals, so on and so forth. They are forever. His name is forever. Now look in, um, or that was David, I'm sorry. I said Solomon, I think. But there is a scripture that Solomon says he's going to build a house for Yahweh as well. 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 2, it says, when David had finished offering the burnt offerings, and fellowship offerings, and he blessed the people in the name of Yahweh. This is what got me started to look up these verses. Because it said that David blessed the people in the name of Yahweh. He did not bless them in the name of L-O-R-D. He did not bless them in the name or title of G-O-D. He did not bless them in the name or, or false name of J-E-S-U-S, Jehovah, Muhammad, whatever. He blessed them in the original scriptures in the name of Yahweh. So if David used the name of Yahweh to pronounce a blessing upon the people 
of Yahweh, how much more should we be speaking the name Yahweh, blessing the uh, congregation, the assembly, the brethren in the name of Yahweh? And since Isaiah said that Yahweh, He is our Savior, that He is our Elohim, that the prophets said, uh, the Torah said, that I am Yahweh, your Elohim, so many times, we need to do the same thing. We need to pray in that name, to decree and declare the blessing of Yahweh upon the people of Yahweh. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of Yahweh makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. The blessing of Yahweh, the name of Yahweh, is just going to bless you. You might need a blessing in your health. You might need a blessing with a sound mind. You might need blessing of wisdom, whatever. How much more, right here, should we be blessing the people in the name of Yahweh? Now, I get it that people have a hard time because they read where Yeshua said that whatever you ask in my name, he will give it unto you. Now, Yeshua's name is the Father's name. Yah, Y-A-H, is the short version of Yahweh's name, Y-A-H. And Shua, S-H-U-A, in Hebrew means the Elohim of salvation. The, the God of salvation, the Elohim of salvation. Oh, no, excuse me. It means Yah is salvation. So when you say the name Yahshua, you are speaking the name of Yahweh. You are saying Yah, Yahshua, is Yahweh. And you are also saying that Yahshua came in the name of his father, Yahweh. They are one. And I get, you know, we've been indoctrinated and we read many things in the Renewed Covenant where, you know, like Acts 3 where Peter said in the name of Yahshua, rise up and walk and this person was healed. Well, that's still Yahweh's name. Me, I just, and this is from the very beginning that I came to Torah, that it's the name Yahweh that is above every name. That's what the Torah said. That's what the prophet said. That's even what Paul said in the Hebrew, that Yahweh's name is the name above every name. Now, I don't know, you know, if you want to pray in the name of Yahshua, that's your, that's your business. And there's times I, I do do that. But nonetheless, the majority of the time, I bless our food in the power of Yahweh's name. I pray over people to be healed in the power of Yahweh's name. I pray over people to be blessed in the power of Yahweh's name. 
When I'm taking authority over the, 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 the demonic, I take authority over it in the power of Yahweh's name. When I'm addressing um, storms and things of destruction, I address it in the power and in the authority of Yahweh's name. Here it says, and David blessed the people in the power of, his, of Yahweh's name. Now, in, I believe it's, I believe it's 1 Samuel 17, or is it Kings? Um, when, yeah, it's 1 Samuel 17 is about Goliath, but that's another good one. Paul, Goliath, I mean, David did not say, I come against you, Goliath, in the name of L-O-R-D. He said, I come against you in the name of Yahweh. That's what the original Hebrew says. Now, in 1 Kings 17, or is it 2 Kings, or maybe it's 18. Yeah, 18. When Elijah was battling the prophets of Baal, and when he prayed, um, when he prayed for Yahweh to release fire from heaven and to come upon the sacrifice, what name, in verse 24 of 1 Corinthians 18, it says, and call you on the name of your Elohim, and this is where, Elijah is speaking to the prophets of Baal, that you call upon your mighty ones, your prophets of Baal, and I will call on the name of Yahweh. I will call upon the name of Yahweh. And the Elohim that answers by fire, let him be fire. And we know the end of the story. That he called upon the name of Yahweh. And it was the name of Yahweh that dried up the water that consumed the sacrifice. So there's power in the name of Yahweh. There's power in the name. See, in all these things, when you add them all up, that tells me not only is his name Yahweh, not only is, are we to praise the name of Yahweh, worship the name of Yahweh, in the end, it's going to all be focused on Yahweh, but that we are to use the name of Yahweh in warfare and in declaration and decrees of the scriptures against the forces of darkness and that there is power in the name that is above every name and that name, there is only one name that is above every name and that is Yahweh, Yah. There's only one name that we are going to confess is Yahweh. And that is the name Yahshua is Yahweh. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. We need to see the power that's in that name. That if they use that name, and if we're blessed through that name, if we call upon that name for salvation, Paul said in 
Romans 10, that all those that call upon the name of Yahweh will be saved, then we need to totally renew our minds to the name of Yahweh and to the name of the Messiah. And the name of the Messiah is in the name of Yahweh. All right, let's go. Um, oh, it, we read 1 Kings 18.32. Now here, this is another interesting one. It's in 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 1. I guess my wife was right again, no short message. But you know, I just try to bring what the scriptures say. I'm not really concerned about time. I just want to reveal what the scriptures say. So we, we can renew our minds to what the scriptures say. And the scripture says we are to, to know his name. We are to call upon his name. We are to love his name. And we will be delivered from his name. We are to worship his name. And how can we do all those things if we don't know his name? Now listen to this. 1 Kings 10.1 now the queen of Sheba had heard of the fame of Solomon regarding the name of Yahweh. Regarding the name of Yahweh. So obviously there was a fame of what Solomon was doing. He was doing it in the name of Yahweh, for the name of Yahweh, because of the name of Yahweh. And that began to spread to pagan nations. And the queen of Sheba wanted to come because of that name and she came to test him with hard questions. And so she came to find out if this name was accurate and she found out it was. And when she left, she blessed Solomon with great, with great wealth. But the thing that I want us to see is that she heard of the fame of Yahweh's name. The fame regarding Yahweh's name. That gives me even more to think about. Hallelujah. Now let's go. We're going to wind down here in a few minutes. Psalm 128 verse 1. I can hear the congregation of Yahweh, Yeshua, assembly saying, yeah, right. But anyways, Psalm 128.1, it says, Blessed is everyone who fears Yahweh, who walks in his ways. So there's a twofold thing here. Who fears Yahweh, and if you fear Yahweh, you will... Obey his name. Amos says, how can two walk unless they're in agreement? How can you walk with Yahweh unless you, you believe his name is Yahweh? You can't. Or for those that they might go to assembly and they might hold on to some other name, Jesus, um, L-O-R-D, or they might hold on to the name God, or Jehovah, or Yahuwah, or whatever. 
How can you walk in agreement with those people and with the plan and purpose of that congregation and assembly if you do not agree that Yahweh is his name? You can't. So we have to get in agreement that Yahweh is his name. Not Jesus, not L-O-R-D, not G-O-D, not any other name, but the name Yahweh. And then it says, we must walk in his ways. That's basically obeying Yahweh's laws and commandments. And if you live your life according to Exodus 24, 7, it says, all the people said this, all that Yahweh has spoken we will do, and we will listen. So Yahweh has spoken about his name. It is important that we get an agreement about his name. Now, I know most people, if not all people, that are part of this channel, and before I forget, I want to say thank you to all those that are supporting us through prayers, through words, through contributions, through, you know, your likes on our teachings and telling us how much they're blessing you. Uh, that really does help me because when in days when witchcraft spirits and condemnation and any other attacks of the enemy try to attack me, those things help lift me up and keep me battling forth to present what I see the original Hebrew scriptures are saying. If you see something different, that's fine. You know, you, you, you truly have liberty to do as you see according to the scriptures. But I would encourage you to make sure that they are in line with the original Hebrew scriptures. Like one of, uh, one of the people in our congregation says, I just do not see how people do not understand that his name is Yahweh. I don't get it. This is what this other person saying. I am of the same belief. And, you know, other people that we know are of the same belief. So, we need to get and we need to understand that his name is Yahweh. No other name. And we need to walk in agreement that his name is Yahweh. We need to praise his name, Yahweh. We need to worship his name, Yahweh. We need to know that from the very beginning, his name was Yahweh. Anything else that people are teaching or trying to get you to, to believe is just a misinterpretation or a misunderstanding. When you study the theologians, when you study people that speak Aramaic, that know it far greater than I do, they will teach you that the oldest uh, version of Hebrew, the Aramaic, says his name is Yahweh. You know, and people want to come up with, you know, new interpretations or new whatever, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. And so I'm just going to stick with the old, I'm going to stick with what it was in the beginning, for in the beginning was Yahweh, and Yahweh was with, or Yeshua was with Yahweh, and Yeshua was Yahweh. So, nonetheless, that's pretty much all I have for
for us today. I pray that this uh, sparked line of thought for you, that you would research it as always. Research it according to the original Hebrew Scriptures. Two Bibles that I read, um, that I like the most, are the Hebraic version, Hebrew Roots Bible. I think it's called HRBC. And then Yahweh Restoration Bible, which is basically the King James uh, names restored to the original Hebrew. Now, a lot of people love the the hallelujah scriptures, but they say things some different and some things I like, some things I don't like. But nonetheless, that's another good version. Just so, um, you know, when you read, when you learn these things, even if you have an English translation, when I read, like I have, I have numerous Bibles, Amplified, a Living Bible, King James, New King James, NIV, American Standard, other things. My mind is so renewed that as soon as they put, I read there where it says L-O-R-D, immediately I see Yahweh. Or if I read in the Renewed Covenant where it says J-E-S-U-S, immediately my mind says Yahshua. So even if you don't have a Hebrew version Bible, when you get your mind renewed to it, it will just automatically kick over. When you see things that say L-O-R-D in the New Testament, you will immediately know that it's talking of Yahweh or the Messiah. And you will pronounce that name. You'll speak that name. You'll read it according to that name. Nonetheless, I pray that you receive something out of this. I pray the rest of your Sabbath is a blessing. I bless you in the name that is above every name, that is the name of Yahweh. I pray that he would make his face shine upon you, that he would give you great grace and great, great mercy and great glory. I pray that he would make a way for you where there seems to be no way. And, and Father, we just thank you for all those that are listening. We thank you for your name. We just seek to worship your name. We seek to understand your name. And Father, we just ask you, any ways, any words that have come out of our mouth that are not in line with your name, that are not in line with your Torah, we ask you to forgive us and show us the truth. And Father, we bless you. We bless you, we bless you. And until next time, if you want to connect with us, YahwehYeshuaAssembly.com is our website. Or you connect with me, Mark Pulley, on Facebook. And, but until next time, have a great week. Be blessed, be blessed, be blessed in the name of Yahweh. Shalom, shalom. What did you say our time is? Three. 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 This year, three. Three. Oh. Shabbat shalom, body of Messiah. Mark Pulley here with Yahweh Yeshua Assembly in Fort Myers, Florida, bringing you another teaching from Yahweh's laws and commandments. I pray your week was good. I thank you for tuning in for this week's teaching. And today, what this teaching is going to be for and directed towards are those that have had the thought pattern that have been taught and instructed 
that Yahweh's laws and commandments, obeying the law, obeying the Torah, obeying his instructions, were just for Israel. That would be like if you had, say, three kids, and then you adopted another child, and you told that um, child you adopted that they didn't need to obey the family rules and regulations and the quote-unquote commandments that the parents set down. So the three biological children had to obey concerning, you know, chores and dishes and, and making their beds and being in the house at a certain time, um, doing certain things around the house, helping out their parents, going to school, um, any other type of chores that you can think of. But now the adopted child, he or she didn't need to do any of that. Now, that just doesn't even make sense in a, in a natural family situation because there would create all kinds of war and activity that would create jealousy in the lives of the three children that were biological children. In the same way, for those who believe in the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Creator, Yahweh, to think that they do not need to obey Yahweh's laws and commandments, that only Israel needs to obey them. With that thought, the next thought I have is, who do you think you are that you don't need to be obedient to the Heavenly Father? You do not need to be obedient to His instructions, His laws and commandments. And see, the bottom line is when you read all the places that Yahweh instructs both the native-born as well as those that are grafted in to obey His laws and commandments, then only those that obey His laws and commandments are going to receive the promises that are connected to the Torah, that are connected to Yahweh's laws and commandments. When He said, you know, you need to obey this and do this and do this, there was always a promise, always a blessing. Deuteronomy 28 is just a perfect example. He said, if you listen and obey my laws and commandments, then you'll be blessed coming in. Then you'll be blessed going out. You'll be the head, not the tail, above and not beneath, so on and so forth. Those promises which so many Christians believe and think they're standing on, but yet they also believe they don't need to obey it. That their Savior, Jesus, which is not his name, 
that name didn't exist to the 16th century, that because he fulfilled it, it's all by grace and they don't need to be obedient. And we're going to see in the scriptures that even in the renewed covenant, that was not the case. This is a man-made up doctrine by Catholicism, by Christianity, so that you don't obey Yahweh's laws and commandments, so that you will stay having an open door to the enemy where he can come in and whack you day and night whenever he chooses. Why? Because you've given him place. James said, do not give, I think it was James, maybe Peter, do not give any place unto the devil. So it's up to you and I not to open doors. It's up to you and I to obey Yahweh's laws and commandments. And when we obey Yahweh's laws and commandments, then whatever door was open to the enemy automatically gets shut. So we're, get, we're gonna go over some scriptures and this is hopefully to help people that have thought that obeying Yahweh's laws and commandments are just for Israel. And we're gonna see in the first covenant and in the renewed covenant that that is not the case. So let's start out in Acts chapter 21. Now Acts chapter, well the book of Acts is basically after the Messiah came. So if the Messiah came and did away with the need to obey Yahweh's laws and commandments, then the first believers would have started to emphasize that they do not need to continue obeying the Torah, that they do not need to continue obeying Yah's instructions. But we're going to see here that they never said that. As a matter of fact, they said the opposite, that we need to continue obeying the instructions. Okay, verse 24 of Acts 21, take them and purify yourself along with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads and all will know that there is nothing to the things which they have been told about you, speaking about Paul, but that you yourself also walk orderly, get that, keeping the law, keeping the Torah. So Paul is stating, because he's on trial here, because certain people were saying he wasn't keeping the law. So here he admonishes those that are listening to him to stay obeying Yahweh's laws and commandments. And then he says that we need to keep the law. So if the Torah had been done away with, why would Paul be being on trial for being accused of for not keeping the law when he said that he did keep the law? And keeping the law 
Now remember, there's a mixture of native-born people and grafted in those that accepted the Messiah. And when you accept the Messiah, you accept to live according to his laws and commandments. You're not doing your own thing. You're not adding to the word. You're keeping the word that was originally written by Yahweh. Now let's look in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 19. Now, Paul is writing to the people of Corinth. The city of Corinth was involved in major paganism, major idolatry, major uh, sexual activity in the temple, giving uh, homage and sexual acts unto the deities in which they served, which is involved in paganism. So he's addressing them, as many of them have come out of paganism and turned to Yahweh, accepted Yahshua. And he said, circumcision is nothing. Uncircumcision is nothing. But what matters is the keeping of the commandments of Yahweh. What matters is the keeping of the commandments of Yahweh. Now this is after the death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah. And the Apostle Paul said the most important thing is to keep and obey Yahweh's laws and commandments. Now if Yahweh's laws and commandments were only for the Jews or only for the 12 tribes of Israel. Why was he saying to the people in Corinth that were pagans and are now grafted in that the most important thing or what really matters is whether or not you are keeping the commandments of Yahweh. And see, this reveals to us that that thought, that pattern of thinking, that teaching that the commandments are only for Israel or for the 12 tribes of Israel or for just the Jews is inaccurate. It is a lie. It was something that was added to the scriptures by Catholicism and continued with Christianity so that they would instruct people basically with the mindset, you don't need to obey Yahweh's laws and commandments. It's not, it's not important. You need to obey the church is the majority of their mindset. You need, you need to still obey certain things that um, enhances the church like tithes and offerings, even though that is still biblical today to the body of Messiah. Now they'll pick and choose certain ones to believe in, but you can't just pick and choose. You need to obey all the commandments of Yahweh. Look in Psalm 105 verse 45. 
it says, so that they may keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise Yahweh. Okay, that they may keep his statutes and observe his laws. Now here's a, here's a good verse by by the Messiah. Look in Luke 11 and verse 28. And he said on the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of Yahweh and observe it. Now when Yeshua said this, there was only one word, and that was the Torah. That was Yahweh's laws and commandments. So basically, you can read it this way, that Yeshua said, blessed are those who hear the Torah, who obey the Torah, and cursed are those who disobey. And if you go to, Deut to Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, it says that cursed is everyone that disobeys his laws and commandments. And these curses will come upon you. So the blessing comes upon those who obey and seek to live a lifestyle of obeying Yahweh's laws and commandments. And cursings, curse, curses, come upon those that do not think it's important, that do not obey, that do not want to obey, that, that think you don't have to obey. Look in um, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3. And this just should be more than enough confirmation, truth, to show you that what many have been taught, that obeying the law, obeying the Torah, obeying Yahweh's laws and commandments are just for the Jews, is a lie, is deception, is wrong, is inaccurate. I don't know. How greater to say it. it's an abomination. It's a slap in the face to the creator of the earth. We are, if we want to follow the Elohim of Israel, if we want to be born from above, if we want to have our names written in the Lamb's book of life, if we want to spend eternity with Yahweh and Yahshua, we need to obey his laws and commandments. We need to practice them as a way of life. So the Apostle John said, For this is the love of Yahweh, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. <clears throat> this is the love of Yahweh. So if you say you love Yahweh, you're going to be willing and you're going to desire to keep his commandments. And 
living a lifestyle of obeying Yahweh's laws and commandments is not a burden. Now, at first, it may be challenging to rearrange your thinking, to rearrange your mind, to re rearrange your family's lifestyle and traditions to be in line with Yahweh's laws and commandments, but it's still not a burden. It's just a challenge. Once you see it in the scripture, your response is, yes, Yahweh. Yes, Yahweh. Now let's, let's look at a um, couple verses. It says in Leviticus 22 and verse 31, it says, So you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am Yahweh. Now let's, let's look in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And then we're going to look in Leviticus 26. And then we'll, we'll go to a couple more scriptures and then that'll be it. Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 2. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the judgments which Yahweh has commanded me to teach you that you might do them in the land where you are going to possess it, so that you and your son and your grandson might fear Yahweh, your Elohim, to keep all his statutes, to keep all his commandments, which I command you this day. So that's the commandment. Now here's the promise. All all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. So when you obey Yahweh's laws and commandments, long life is promised to you. Now look in verse 17. It says, And you shall diligently keep the commandments of Yahweh, his testimonies and his statutes, which he commanded you. So again, it is not a suggestion. It is not, you know, if you feel like it. It is not if you want to. But it is the commandments of Yahweh. I'm trying to pull up... Um, the other scriptures that I wanted to go to. Oh, sometimes you just hate the internet, especially out in Lehigh here. It's slower than molasses in January. Okay. Now let's go to Exodus chapter 12. And these next three scriptures, they're not the only scriptures on this, is going to show you beyond a shadow of a doubt that Yahweh's feasts, Yahweh's laws and commandments are both for the native born as well as for those that want to follow, serve, worship, 
and be part of Yahweh's kingdom. Look in Exodus 12, verse 48. The context here is Passover. And when a visitor shall stay with you and will do the Passover to Yahweh, so that tells you who the Passover is directed towards, let every male to him be circumcised, and then he come near to prepare it. He shall be like a native of the land. So when you keep the Passover, Yahweh says here that you, the grafted in ones, the sojourners, will be like the native of the land. Then verse 49 says, One law shall be to the native and to the visitor, the one staying in your midst. And all the sons of Israel did as Yahweh commanded Moses and Aaron. And it happened on this day, Yahweh brought out the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt by their armies. So, we see here that Yahweh says that when you obey Yahweh's laws and commandments, you, whether you're native-born or whether you're non-native-born, you're just grafted in according to Romans 11, there is just one law. One set of laws for both. So that violates, that contradicts the teaching, the deception, the, the man-made laws, as we go to Leviticus 24, of Catholicism and Christianity that says that the law or the Torah or Yahweh's laws and commandments are just for Israel or are just for the Jews. Right here we see out of Yahweh's own mouth, that that is not the case. That Yahweh said, there is only one law, there is only one set of instructions, there is only one set of Torah, there is only one set of commandments for both the native-born and the sojourners, or those that are not native-born, non-native-born, that is if you want to serve the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is if you want the blood of the Messiah, the true Passover lamb, to cover you, to forgive you, to write his laws and commandments upon your heart so that you would have eternal life. Now, if you don't want eternal life, if you don't want your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, then you don't need to obey Yahweh's laws and commandments because you will not be written in the Lamb's Book of Life when you disobey Yahweh's laws and commandments. It don't matter what your mouth says. You may say J-E-S-U-S -S is your Messiah, but one, he can't be because he never existed. He never walked the earth. He never, he is a man-made uh, version with a false name that 
churchianity and Catholicism and false religion came up with in place of the biblical name of the Messiah when the Messiah walked this earth called Yahshua, Hamashiach, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And so, if you want salvation, if you want deliverance, if you want your names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, if you want long life, if you want protection, if you want your needs met, if you want the fullness of Yahweh's salvation, you're going to need to live according to his laws and commandments. You need to receive them and accept them by faith. Yes, you're probably going to fall short if you like anybody else. That's where we repent, we renounce them, and we ask Yahweh to empower us by his spirit to help us overcome whatever law or commandment that we're having a struggle with in our flesh to overcome it. And he will do so. But if you don't think you need to live it, and if you think it's a joke, then you're just wasting your time and this teaching is not for you. But if you've been taught that you don't need his laws and commandments and your heart is truly for the Heavenly Father, and your heart is truly for the Messiah, even though you've known a false name concerning him, and you are open to live according to his word, you are open to continue in his word, his laws and commandments, like Yeshua said in John 8, 31 and 32, then the truth will set you free. If you are a word person, and many people say, I'm a word person, I live according to the word, and then you bring up keeping the Shabbat or obeying his laws and commandments. No, we don't need to do that. Well, then you're not a word person. All right. <clears throat> In Leviticus 24, 22, it says, There is one judgment shall be for you, whether an alien or a native. For I am Yahweh, your Elohim. So right here, out of Yahweh's mouth, he says whether you're native-born or whether you're an alien from Roswell, New Mexico. Just joking, because my wife's from Roswell, New Mexico. She's not smiling. Anyways, um, whether you are an alien or a non-native or whether you're a native-born Israelite, there's only one law, one set of commandments. Yahweh said it. He said, for I am Yahweh, your Elohim. Now, if you look in Numbers chapter 15, and I, I pray that this is helping you. Now, if you already understand this, if you understand you're grafted in, you're an adopted child of Yahweh, and you are living according to his laws and commandments, then, hopefully, this will give you some instruction on how to minister to those who believe and who think and who've accepted the deception and the lie that the 
children of Israel are the only ones who need to obey the commandments. So that you would have some instruction, some word, to share with them what the scripture literally says. We saw that even in the renewed covenant, in the book of Acts, and in Paul's life himself in Corinthians, that he was teaching that you need to obey the law. You need to obey Yahweh's laws and commandments. You need to follow Yahweh's laws and commandments. What really matters is to obey Yahweh's laws and commandments. Since it's in the renewed covenant, and he's quoting from the original covenant, you know, if you go to a, a trial or you watch a lawyer TV show, they will, the lawyer will come up and he'll say, there is precedence, and then he will bring up an earlier judgment by an earlier judge, you know, sometimes hundreds of years earlier, that supported his case. And a judgment was written then and established. And so that lawyer is just reminding the court about that judgment. And that that judgment needs to take place. If it was good then, it's still good today. And that's what Paul was saying. Paul was quoting the Torah. And if what Yahweh said in the beginning was accurate, then it's still accurate in what's called the Renewed Covenant or quote-unquote the New Testament. Paul was reestablishing that we need to continue in the law. We need to continue in obeying Yahweh's laws and commandments. And I know there are a lot of people that have taken things that Paul said and misunderstood it, misused it, and tried to say, well, see that, there's Paul saying that you don't need to obey it. No, you're just twisting the original scriptures. And if I have to choose between what Paul said or what Peter said and what Yahweh said, I'm taking Yahweh. I learned this a short while ago. When you read the Renewed Covenant, whether it's by Paul, James, Peter, whatever, look at it with this thought in mind. What could Paul not be saying? And he would never say that you don't need to obey Yahweh's laws and commandments. He wouldn't say that. He wouldn't say you don't, you never, you don't ever need to obey the Sabbath. He would never say that. He would never say you don't need to obey the feast days. You may not understand all there is to understand about the feast days, but you have a heart to observe them. So look at what Paul could not be saying. And when you look at what Paul could not be saying, you first have to know what Yahweh said and understand the original covenant before you can understand what Paul could not be saying. And Paul would never Yahshua would never, Peter would never violate and go against the original Torah, the original instructions 
by Yahweh's laws and commandments. So, let's read here in Numbers 15 and verse 15. As for the congregation, there shall be one statue, or one set of laws, both for you, that's the native-born 12 tribes of Israel, and for the alien that lives with you, a never-ending. What does never-ending mean? It means never-ending. This is going to be continued forever, and that is why Paul said what matters is Yahweh's laws and commandments. That's why it is a lie, a deception by the enemy when you have heard and believed that only the Jews or Israel have to obey Yahweh's laws and commandments. That is not what the scripture says. And if you're a word person, you just need to accept it and realize you've been lied to and you need to research the scriptures and all the things you've been taught to make sure they line up with Yahweh's laws and commandments. And those things that line up with churchianity, Catholicism, and Christianity, you need to abort. You need to renounce it, repent of it, and ask Yahweh to forgive you for accepting something that was added to his commandments. And then begin to live according to his commandments. Then it says, a never-ending statute throughout your generations. Doesn't say five generations. Doesn't say ten generations. It says throughout your generations. That means all your generations. And so that includes in 2022 that we are still living according to Yahweh's laws and commandments. We are still living according to the instructions that Yahweh gave many moons ago. Then it says, um, And so shall the alien be before Yahweh. That's you and I. Let's read it. As for the congregation, there shall be one statue, both for you and for the alien that lives with you. A never-ending statue throughout your generations as you are, so shall the alien be before Yahweh. As the 12 tribes of Israel are, so shall the alien be before Yahweh. Yahweh doesn't look at the alien or the non-native as being non-native. He looks at them as being part of the congregation. Understand that, get that. There is not a separation of the world, the church, and Israel. You're either of darkness or you're of Israel. You're either of Egypt or you're of Israel. One of the two. You're either of this world system, paganism, or you're of Israel. You can't, you can't be living in both worlds. And then verse 16. And there shall be one law and one ordinance both for you and for the alien that lives with you. Again, clearing, clarifying. 
making it so clear and so direct that it's for both anybody that wants to serve Yahweh, anybody that wants to live according to the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they claim Yahshua, the Messiah, as their Savior, then there is only one law for you. You have to live according to Yahweh's laws and commandments. If you don't, then you can say you're a believer, but you're not believing what Yahweh said. When you say you're a believer, you have to be believing what Yahweh says. And what Yahweh says is written in the Torah. And it is confirmed in the renewed covenant. It is confirmed by the Messiah. What was he doing when he was ministering to all the Pharisees and Sadducees and all the hypocrites and all of Israel? He was trying to get them back in line with Yahweh's original commandments. <clears throat> Yahweh's original laws and commandments. And he exposed to them things that, that the rabbis came up with and they said were commandments, but they were not commandments of Yahweh. They were commandments of men. And those commandments of men, Paul said in Colossians 2, were nailed to the stake and he took them out of the way. Hallelujah. All right, look in uh, verse 28 of the same chapter and we'll, we'll, finish, we'll finish here. Um, and it says, And the priest shall atone for the soul that errs when he sins through, the ignorant, through ignorance before Yahweh to atone for him, and he shall be forgiven. And Yahshua is our priest. He is our high priest. Both the native among the sons of Israel and the alien that lives among them, one law shall be to you for him who acts in error. That would be, you know, when, you're, when you're, your heart is to follow Yahweh, your heart is to follow Torah, your heart is to keep the Sabbath, your heart is to obey his laws and commandments, your heart is to is to do everything that you know to do in the scriptures. It says that if you err, you misunderstand it, or somehow you mess up and you don't keep it, Yahshua will stand in the gap for you to Yahweh and you'll be forgiven. Both for the native born as well as the grafted in alien, non-native born. That lives among them, one law shall be to you. And again, notice one law, one law, one law. There's not two laws. There's not one law for the 12 tribes of Israel and then another law for those in the renewed covenant. No, there's one law. It's called the Torah. It's called Yahweh's laws and commandments, his judgments, his statutes. There's not two things. It's Catholicism and Christianity that has come up with, there's one law for Christians and one law for the native born. No, there's, the scripture says there's only one law. And you have to decide and you have to choose whose law you're going to obey. 
you're going to follow. You're going to have to choose. Are you going to follow the deities of Catholicism and Christianity, which are paganism? Or are you going to follow the deity of Yahweh, Yahshua, and the Torah? One, one Yahweh, one Elohim, not two, not three, there's only one. All right, then it says in verse 30, And the soul that does anything with a high hand in defiance, whether of a native or of an alien, the same blasphemes Yahweh. And that person shall be cut off from his people. So right here it says, whether you are native born of the 12 tribes of Israel, or whether you started out uh, walking in alignment with Yahweh's laws and commandments, but that you begin to defy them. You begin to rebel against them. You begin to follow pagan deities. And we see that the children of Israel did this all the time. It says here, the same blasphemes Yahweh. So to be real plain and to be real blunt, this says that Catholicism and Christians that defy and rebel against Yahweh's laws and commandments, for example, they defy and rebel against obeying the Sabbath, they defy and rebel against having no other gods before them, they defy and rebel against obeying only the Torah. It says you blaspheme Yahweh. And then it says, and you will be cut off from Israel. So real plain, real clear here. It says that if you don't obey the laws of Yahweh, the commandments of Yahweh, first off, you're not going to be blessed. Secondly, you're not going to be written into the Lamb's book of life. Thirdly, you, you blaspheme Yahweh. And fourthly, you're cut off from Israel. It don't matter what your mouth says. It don't matter what you say you believe in the Messiah, but you live a lifestyle that contradicts the lifestyle that Yeshua lived, which was a lifestyle of obeying Yahweh's laws and commandments. When you believe in Messiah, you will live according to the lifestyle Messiah lived, and that is a lifestyle of obeying Yahweh's laws and commandments. When you do this, you'll be accepted by Yahweh. You'll be accepted and you will not have been cut off from Israel. You'll be joined to the 12 tribes of Israel. You know, you can go to Revelations 22 and I believe it's verse 14. Here, let's see if that's accurate. Revelation 22, and Revelation 22 is the very last book of the scriptures. And it says, blessed are the ones doing his commandments. Blessed are the ones doing his commandments. It doesn't say blessed are the ones that say J-E-S-U-S or Yeshua or the Messiah is their Savior. But it says, 
Blessed, if you would allow me, are those that live according to his laws and commandments, that their authority will be over the tree of life, and that they will enter by the gates into the city. So we see here that it's those that obey Yahweh's laws and commandments that will enter into the new Jerusalem. Okay? But the ones not there are the dogs and the sorcerers, the ones following witchcraft and paganism. The fornicators, those that live in, in pre, have premarital sex and are involved in sexual sin and homosexuality and same-sex marriages and masturbation and sex outside of marriage, all right? And the murderers, those that have committed abortion and did not renounce it and repent of it, as well as those that murder. And the idolaters, those that have been worshiping other deities, those that have been worshiping the deities that churchianity, Catholicism, and Christianity worships on the day of the unconquerable sun. Sunday. Whether you like it or not, whether you think it's wrong or right, that when you worship, even though you think you're worshiping the Creator on Sunday in a church that confesses pagan names for the Creator, you are worshiping those deities behind those pagan names. And you will not enter into the new city of Jerusalem. And it says, And everyone loving a lie and doing falsehood. So we see here that at the very end, it's only those that obey Yahweh's laws and commandments. And those that obey Yahweh's laws and commandments have no idols before them. They separate themselves from all idolatry. So we see very clearly in, these, in this teaching that you cannot believe the lie that there is one law for the children of Israel and a different one for those in the New Testament or the Renewed Covenant. No, there's, Yahweh said, there's only one law if you want to be part of his kingdom. If you want to live eternally in the new Jerusalem. If you want to experience heaven on earth. And you know, Yeshua said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So obviously there is a heaven. If you want eternal life with the Messiah, if you want to walk with him, if you want to be forgiven, there's only one law for you, and it's called the Torah. It's called Yahweh's laws and commandments. It's called obeying Yahweh's laws and commandments. A, a, a good, we didn't get to it, Leviticus 26 says some of the same things Deuteronomy 28 says. You'll be blessed if you obey Yahweh's laws and commandments, and you'll be cursed if you do not follow Yahweh's laws and commandments. It's really that simple. So I pray this brought you clarity. I pray for those that are already living this way. This brings you some nutritional instruction 
from the meat of Yahweh's laws and commandments so that you would understand it greater and so that you would be able to communicate this with those that are non-native born but yet that believe that they don't have to obey Yahweh's laws and commandments to walk with Yahweh. That is so untrue and we showed you numerous scriptures about them both from the renewed covenant and from the original. Yahweh said that you blaspheme him and you'll be cut off from Yahweh, from Israel, if you defy and rebel against his laws and commandments. It literally means you, when you defy and you live contrary to his laws and commandments, you will be an abomination to Yahweh. That's how you will look. he will look at you. I don't know about you, but I don't want that. So, Father, we just thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the blood of the Passover lamb. And, Father, anyway, that we have defied your laws and commandments unknowingly, we ask you to forgive us. Anyway, that we have rebelled against them, whether knowing it or not knowing it, we renounce it. We turn away from it. And we ask you to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And Father, in the power of your name, we seek to live according to your laws and commandments. We receive and we accept and we acknowledge that there is only one law, both for the native born and for the non-native born, that chooses to follow the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that chooses to worship Yahweh, that chooses to, to live according to Yahweh's laws and commandments. We receive it, Father. We receive your laws and commandments. We receive your instructions. And we thank you, Father, for cleansing us of all unrighteousness. And we pray for those that have not yet acknowledged you, that have not yet turned away from, from lawlessness, that have not yet turned away from thinking, that there are two sets of laws that they don't need to obey your commandments. Father, we ask you to forgive them. We ask you to cleanse them. And we ask you to reveal your Torah to them by the power of your spirit. That you would write your laws and commandments upon their heart. And Father, we bless you. Father, we worship you. And Father, we pray to keep this day, your Sabbath, separated unto you. And Father, we worship you, we love you, and we praise you. And Father, I pray for those listening, those that are suffering, those that are struggling, those that are hurting. I pray, Father, that you would pour out your spirit upon them, that you would heal them, those that need healing, that you would deliver those that need delivering, that you would prosper those that need prosperity, that you would make a way for those that, that, that seem, it seems like there is no way. Father, you open the Red Sea, open the Red Sea before them, perform miracles that they have never seen before or tasted, and may you be glorified, may you be praised in the power of your name. Thank you for tuning in. Again, if you want to connect with us, you can go to our website, YahwehYeshuaAssembly.com, or connect with our ministry uh, uh, Facebook page, as well as connect with me, Mark Pulley, on Facebook. But until next time, Yahweh bless you. Yahweh make his face shine upon you. And may Yahweh give you great grace and mercy. Until next time, shalom, shalom.